Hi guys, I'm Jessica. Hi, I'm Joseph. And this is Spirited Talks, a show that aims to make the Bible more relatable. Only the other day I was talking about the rain saying that it's finally here. And I guess I jinxed it. What do you think? You totally did. <laughs> So we are here sitting in our room and recording this show. If you hear some noises, I'm sorry, it's just that now that the lockdown is ending, things or people are up and about, animals are moving around like cats in the backyard. You may hear some noises and I apologize for that. So the last time we spoke, we were talking about why we read the Bible because we thought it was important for us to Uh, discuss why we are doing something before we get into the how and under that some points that we spoke about were uh, the fact that god is a covenant keeping god and it it reveals to us that god is someone who gets down into our mess and yep. brings redemption and restoration this is the foundation that we laid uh, while talking about why we read the bible and taking it forward we're going to talk about how exactly do we read this bible right well it's all fine and dandy to say that uh, god is a god who of partnership and god is here to form a relationship and the reason why we read the bible is to understand that but the bible is so huge so dense it's so thick how and where do i start with reading the bible i mean how do i go about it because it's not easy to get through the whole book it's not there are actually so many ways to read the bible i initially was someone who read the bible in a very erratic manner like uh, like years ago when i started off as a teenager i would just open up the bible and whatever opened up or whatever i just felt like reading i would just go and read it and then the next time i would start off somewhere else but over the years now i think what i've what i'm at least trying to do is to uh, read at least one book at a time or maybe one topic at a time just so that i get uh, you know the story from start to finish and i'm not just going all over the place what about you what do you follow a plan i don't follow a plan as such I do have uh, devotional readings but I don't think I follow I can say that I follow a plan. So when I study I've I've been trying to read the Bible completely and I've only managed it about once or twice. However, I've tried it more than four or five times to completely read the Bible. And what would happen is I would start off Genesis fully excited because Genesis is an awesome book. and by the time i reach exodus i can see the tra- trajectory going down while exodus is a good book the books following exodus kind of become more and more burdensome and i i just don't, can't get myself to go beyond leviticus and that used to be a problem of mine for quite some time till i finally realized that hey if and pulling back to uh, the last time when we spoke i was talking about the fact that once i became an evangelical christian uh my view of reading the bible was to completely understand the book from the point of view that okay the bible is the sword of truth and with that sword you attack everyone else because you're holier than everyone else 
and so i read the book to only understand and use it as a weapon and so mm-hmm. i i had to get through the bible and so irrespective of whether i could use that weapon on a fellow christian or a non believer my goal was to read the bible completely so that it would be a badge and i could go around saying hey i've read the bible <laughs> and with that perspective i tried on and on to read the bible but i could just never get myself to complete the book till finally i said okay if i have to do this i have to get into a regime i have to form a routine to actually get myself to do this because only with a routine can you form discipline and get things done and so i i realized that the perfect time for me to get this done was during my travel to work and so i would set an alarm because i would get my train at 12:30 i would hop into the train and by 12:40 the alarm would ring and i would immediately pull out my phone and without doing anything else i would turn on the bible app and i would start studying and with that i was finally able to finish the bible within a year but the goal of this is i i learned quite a bit through reading the bible like that although it's not the best way to read the bible I learned that uh, you can't skip over boring parts. Mm. If you have to finish the Bible to understand what what the entire purpose is of a Christian, you have to read even the boring parts, even the parts that you don't agree with. You still have to soldier on and finish it. And the second thing I learned was context. I think context is a very important thing when you're reading a Bible. Mm. Yeah. I remember reading Leviticus for the first time. Honestly, I uh, even I've tried reading it uh, fully multiple times. But when we were in Bible college, we actually had twenty marks uh, just to follow a Bible reading plan. And honestly, just for those twenty marks, I I ended up reading most of the Bible at that time just so I could get those twenty marks. So in a way, I look back and it was probably quite a shallow reason. but that was one of the reasons why i ended up actually looking at all the books and at the end of leviticus i struggled through it but one thing that i that was my take away from that was that thank god i don't have to do all of these things you know so uh, what i realized was that uh, no matter how uh, monotonous or insignificant or uh, no matter what a drag it feels like i believe that every book i think in the bible is put in there for a purpose and if we have a seeking heart i'm sure god will reveal that purpose to us isn't it yes that's true if we have a seeking heart then we will really get a lot out of reading the bible so we can't go in there uh, with a goal to finish reading the bible but we should go in there with a goal to search for god and only with that we can find god in there before we go any further i must say that once i finished reading the bible i realized that i can't be using it as a sword to attack anyone so i i try my best not to be the judgmental christian anymore do you think i am a judgmental guy though mm, yeah. wow you had to think really long for that <laughs> well i, I try my best my mommy taught me honesty <laughs> I think one of the main things that you got to look at when you read the Bible is context. Mm. Because a lot of times you can take things out of context and just make a one verse theology and preach a lot of things that 
really don't ag- agree with the context in which it was spoken in or written in. Mm-hmm. But here I must stop and uh, I think reevaluate the sense of context. What do you mean by reevaluate the sense of context? That didn't even make sense to me. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm not sure. I'm just trying to process everything in my head right now. So context is very important when you're reading the Bible mm. because you cannot misrepresent the character of God. When things are quoted out of context, they usually end up misrepresenting the character of God. So let's probably look at different ways we could quote things out of context because I'm sure you've heard quite a few verses where uh things were quoted out of context and you found a person running with one verse and basing their whole philosophy ideology or theology around that one verse irrespective of thinking about wait is god like that am i representing god correctly am i bearing the name of god correctly yeah one of my favorite uh, out of context verses that i've heard is that god gives and takes away haven't you heard people oh, yeah, quote yeah. that all the time yeah that's one verse that people quote incorrectly quite a bit because that clearly rep- misrepresents god yeah so let's talk a little more about why it misrepresents god because one thing when when they say that they are, they are quoting job to start with job was a man there who was grieving and they're quoting job who didn't understand what was happening around him and job ends up in all his suffering he says the lord gives and the lord takes away blessed be the name of god and people just run with that saying hey it's in the bible so god gives and god takes away mm-hmm. but that's a clear misrepresentation of god i mean if we go in into uh, the letter of james who's the brother of jesus james very clearly says that every good and perfect gift comes from god who is the father of lights and in whom there is no shadow of turning and jesus himself in in the gospel of john he very clearly mentions that only the thief comes to kill steal and destroy so there is very clearly a definition about the character of god and the character of the devil now james very clearly says that god doesn't have a shadow of turning so he's not going to give and suddenly take away it is very clear to see that it is not god who did that to job but it was the devil who attacked job so to say that okay god gives and god takes away misrepresents god's character and so it is quoted out of context do you have any other verse that that was quoted out of context that you can think of i can't think of any right now but this one is something that i've heard so often like uh people will lose their children or something horrible will happen and then the worst that they surrender to is oh god gives and takes away and that just pains my heart because i'm like no but you know that is not my god and that is not even the god of the bible because the god of the bible is a father and which father is going to give a good gift to a child and you know just take it away so and how how can i even comfort a person who believes that uh, saying that you know god is going to help them through this because according to them that's the same god that took their child away so i really think this verse is one of the best examples of how uh, 
understanding context can be so important and just even though it is in the bible you know it's so important for us to look at who's saying it exactly you know and that itself can help us understand what the context is all this talk of babies dying is kind of bringing the mood all down i think let me just change the subject off the top of my head i just remembered one more verse that i am also guilty of quoting out of context and that's one, that's from matthew 18 where uh, where two or three are gathered in my name there i am in your midst and you'll always find people come and say that in a group prayer i in fact i am guilty of saying that too but if you look at the chapter that's not what the chapter is talking about in fact that chapter completely talks about forgiveness mm. so i mean what does it mean first of all to think that where two or three are gathered in my name i am in your midst that again misrepresents god because behold i am with you always even to the ends of the earth as long as two or three are in my name <laughs> or i will never leave you nor forsake you as long as you are at least two or three together yeah but then if you go back and see in matthew chapter 6 jesus says that when you pray you close your doors you pray in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you mm-hmm. or something to that effect i don't have the exact words correctly mm-hmm. but that's that's your god that's god who hears and sees you in secret he doesn't need two or three to gather around to then come and hear your prayer and if you see chapter 18 is completely talking about forgiveness so it's calling the church to come together and then make a decision on what needs to be done and you are representing god in that time and so you take the decision based on what christ would have done and that's the commission to the church that's interesting i haven't really heard Moving on now I think we've established the context of the bible quite well how do we take it from here how do we read the bible i like one of the things that you pointed out you said that you got to look at who is being addressed mm. and i think the whole point of reading a chapter or reading a book when you go to understand it you have to see who is addressing who is being addressed and what the entire plan or the entire context is to understand what's being spoken there because for example you just cannot take judas and say okay judas hung himself and take that as an example of what's to be done mm. neither can you take job and what job is saying and take that as a example of what's to be done there are a lot of good things in the book of job because god comes and defends his case and you can definitely take what god is saying there and you can definitely take the understanding from job because job was one of the most righteous men he burnt sacrifices for other sins as well so he was not only living the torah for himself but he was living the torah for someone else he was super righteous mm. but he only saw god when he encountered him so job ends the book saying i finally seen god and when you encounter god your whole perspective changes you are no longer seeing him from the torah but you're seeing him face to face So there are a lot of things you can take but you've got to understand who is saying or who is speaking and who is being spoken to and what they are all speaking about because the bible in the end is a book 
with 66 books compiled in together that are all talking about Jesus and why Jesus. I mean, if you look at Genesis 1, it talks about the creation of the world and then moves into Eden, the perfect representation of the temple of God. Then man loses Eden. And then comes Jesus to restore what man lost. And then we proceed into Revelation, which ends with the the return of Eden or the restoration of Eden. Mm. Eden regained. So the whole book is talking about one story. So there are many stories that are happening in the Bible, but you've got to understand that each one is different. Some are origin stories. Some are narratives of what's happening. And some are poems. Some are just letters, like you're reading someone's mail. That's a crime, actually. But we are privileged to read some people's mails. Some are apocalyptic scripture. So there are a whole lot of things that are in the Bible. And it all cannot be read the same way. Like you cannot take a photograph and also expect it to be a painting. A painting has so much of emotion added to it. Whereas a photograph just speaks a thousand words, but it is just cold facts. It is like just documentation of something that happened. Whereas a painting has a lot of emotion that goes into it. So similarly, you cannot read a narrative and a poem the same way. You got to appreciate poetry for what it's saying. And you got to appreciate the plot for what it is saying. And then you try to develop from there. You ask good questions and see what comes out of it. So having said that, let's uh, explore some ways in which we can explore the Bible. And uh, while I was preparing for this, I realized that uh, just like our goal is to make the Bible more relatable, I realized that Jesus did the same thing, you know. He he also did his best to make the kingdom of God relatable. Exactly. And one of the tools that I see him using uh, is metaphors. If you look at uh, his life on earth and all that he taught, so often he taught through metaphors. Uh, Like he called himself the bread of life. He says that you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Uh, He talks about the parable of the sower. And all of these are nothing but metaphors. And it's it's God's way of making things relatable to the people listening to him. Simplifying things in a way that is easy to absorb. So I think one thing that um, God led me to do uh, some months ago was to explore these metaphors. Like when in Isaiah uh, chapter 61... uh, it says that you shall be like oaks of righteousness, you know. So I just ended up looking at what are the qualities of an oak tree. And then it it enlightens me further about what, uh, what God is implying. Like what is God's vision of uh, who I can be, you know. And when he says you are the salt of the earth, what does salt do? If you just spend a few minutes thinking about what does salt do? I think try eating your food without it and you'll realize what salt does you know and the difference that it makes or try living one day without your lights on and you'll realize what it means to be the light of the world because suddenly you realize god actually wants me to add flavor to this world 
God actually wants me to light up this world just like my lights uh, brighten my room yeah. in the night. Yeah. You know, and just spending a little time exploring these metaphors really brings the Bible alive. Yeah, speaking of metaphors, I think another thing that we can look at is the structure. In the sense, this this ex- isn't exactly metaphor, but another tool in reading the Bible is when you look at Psalms, a lot of Psalms are structured in a very particular way. In the sense that you can definitely see a rhyme scheme ca- kind of a pattern. Mm. I won't exactly call it a rhyme scheme because uh, it's it's not exactly rhyming in English as such. But if you've studied rhyme scheme in school, you notice that uh, you can write or you can mark off a poem in a rhyme scheme like an A, B, C, hmm, B, right. C, A kind of a thing. Yeah. So similarly, the, st- the Psalms are structured in a way where the first verse and the last verse are in line with each other they sometimes are exactly the same or they contrast each other, but to develop the same idea. And then the second verse and the second to last verse are similar similar like that. And they will all go on till the final verse that remains is the verse that is in the center, which then talks about the actual plot of the entire psalm. One example is Psalm 11, where it opens with speaking about how God is our refuge. Mm. Then it goes into the fact that the wicked are preparing for battle and the righteous then are helpless. And then it comes to the middle where it talks about, but the Lord is in the temple of heaven and he is enthroned and the Lord measures everyone. And then when the Lord measures everyone, the Lord punishes the wicked and so the righteous are vindicated. Okay, so it's just playing off of the first few verses. And then finally it ends with the Lord is our refuge. So it starts with God being our righteousness and then it ends with God being our refuge. Mm. The wicked are preparing, then the wicked are punished. The righteous are helpless and then the righteous are vindicated. Mm. And in the center, it talks about how God is in the temple, he's ruling and he measures everyone. Mm. So it's interesting to see how the Psalms are layered like that. And that's not the only Psalm. In fact, Psalm 1, Psalm 2, Psalm 4, there are a lot of Psalms that are structured this way. You can reply back to us if you find any Psalms like that, that you found where it's structured in this particular way. But you need to take time, read it, and you'll find a lot of treasure in there. Yeah, I think we can also pay attention to repetition. Like there are some places where you find uh, things are repeated again and again. Like Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. No, this is just one example. But even in the Psalms, like you were saying, there's so much of bless the Lord, O my soul. Or there's there are so many of these phrases that are repeated. I think it's um, possible to get more out of uh, just focusing on why the same thing is said twice. You know, clearly it's not done mindlessly. So maybe there's something in there that God is trying to emphasize for us. Yep. There's definitely something and we can definitely take away when we go in there with a plan of how are we to understand, how are we to respond. Those are things that you have to ask yourself. You go in there with good questions. Mm. How am I I supposed to respond to this? God, what are you speaking to me out of this? 
you got to ask who is speaking here right now and if the person is speaking god what am i to understand out of this and then you develop from there that we've said all of this what are some tools that we could use to actually read the bible i think the first thing would be get yourself a good cup of coffee because you're not going to finish it or finish reading the bible in 5 or 10 minutes ha 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 <laughs> coffee lover hashtag #coffee lover <laughs> anyhow so uh i think the best thing to start with is come prepared the, to spend some time in reading the bible yes, come with the next go on i think the second one would be ask god to speak to you in fact i think that should be the first one you know come uh, asking god uh, to reveal something new to you yeah so you ask god to reveal himself to you and you ask good questions about why is this this being said here what is god speaking why is this happening or how is this going forward and some of the tools that you could look at one thing i will say is read as many translations as possible mm-hmm. don't just stick with okay i think king james is good so i'm going to stick with king james because a lot of people told me that that's the original translation or don't stick with uh the the passion translation because it's so flowery passion. and passionate and lovely explore as many translations as possible i will however add that the nasb is the closest to the original text in the sense that it tries to highlight all the actual texts as they were written so it's very hard to read because it's not written from an english structure so the grammar can go for a toss it can become a bit laborious to read through it because it is not trying to write itself in english but try to stay as close to the original as possible but that doesn't mean that you only stick to the nasb but you go with as many translations as possible another thing i'd recommend is using a concordance In fact today you don't even need to worry about going and buying a huge concordance you can log into bible hub and access concordance and read through what what's actually being said in fact not only strong's concordance is available but there are quite a few other concordances that you could read so that helps you develop and understand what the author is actually trying to say both in hebrew and in greek mm, there are also some bible apps like u version that has a number of uh, reading plans uh, they are topical and there's also uh, something that you can do through the year there's also an app called blue letter bible which has commentaries and uh, again it tells you about uh, uh, strong's translations concordances so these are some tools that uh, i use sometimes there's also the step bible that's another interesting bible it'll highlight a lot of uh, the words for the concordance it'll also highlight repeating words so you can see uh, what what are the words that are repeating in the chapter to understand okay if the author is particularly repeating these words in this chapter 
probably is trying to highlight something then you can try to understand what is the entire plot of what he's saying there so those are couple of tools that can really help us sometimes if it's just a morning 10 minute devotion then we read it and then we're back and so busy that uh, you know the next day if someone asks you what did you read yesterday we won't even remember it but if we really want to get uh, all that there is in the bible uh, meditating is key you know like and uh, i know people who uh, put up sticky notes on their mirrors or surround themselves with a particular verse to get exactly what god is telling them through that verse you yeah. know so like make it your wallpaper on your phone or put it up right in front of your eyes wherever you are in your room at your office table some place where you'll keep looking at it by default and somewhere it's going to keep directing your thoughts to that and chewing on the word is what is going to give us the final uh, you know the the outcome. full meaning yeah, yeah the final outcome of why that was is in there you know and how it applies to us yeah so you it's not like sitting in a lotus position and murmuring one word or humming a tune or something like that or emptying your mind but you got to fill your mind with what you've read picture yourself imagine yourself in that situation let it come alive smell the scene feel the emotion feel the joy feel the sadness feel the anger everything feel all the emotions that are being spoken there why is it being spoken there think about it chew on it the bible was not designed to be read in one sitting and put aside but to be deconstructed day by day little by little in your head till you rip it apart from just plain words but rearrange it into your head and let it come alive in how god is developing that story and finally if you still need any help i would recommend you to access our website spiritedtalks.com where we will have some resources that could help you further it will mostly play off of what we've discussed here but if you need something to be a companion with you further when you try and read you can access our resources to see if we could provide any assistance for you in fact you can also reach out to us and we'll be able to get back to you and now we come to our final segment spirited reflections here we'll spend some time to understand everything that we've spoken and see what we've picked up from each other yep so i think i'll start something that uh, has uh, just uh, once again surface for me is the importance of context and i realized that uh, context is so key in my bible reading you know and how uh, we got to really guard ourselves from building our faith based on one verse alone another thing that i got was sticking to my regime in fact although the lockdown is still ongoing and i'm no longer traveling by train i still have an alarm that comes up on my phone telling me hey you got to read your bible and if you're not completely in there in reading your bible completely or you're not sure how to take it further stick to a regime because in discipline you have freedom to drive forward if you're waiting on motivation today you'll feel like it tomorrow you won't but if you are determined to do something like jocko willink had said in one of his videos discipline brings freedom so you got to stick to your guns you got to make sure that this is my goal and i'm going to achieve it so i'm going to do everything with a structure 
to achieve what I'm trying to do. So if I'm going to read the Bible, I'm going to stick to a regime to see to it that I finish reading that. Another thing is, just don't look at it from a human element, but sit down. It's not going to be easy. You you can't skip over the things that you don't like. You've got to let God speak to you through all the things that you don't like as well. You can't just say, my Jesus is someone who does this, but doesn't do that. The Jesus who fed the leper is also the Jesus who whipped the high priest. Not exactly the high priest, but he whipped the money changers in the temple. Mm. So Jesus was capable of doing that too. It's not like he didn't get angry. But then you got to see why he got angry. And there plays context. So there are a lot of things that are important and you need to face or look at everything in and how it is being said and build up from there. So it's not something that can be done in one sitting. But you got to take your cup of coffee and you got to do it in your own sweet time. But do it with a plan and a purpose. We want to thank you for giving us your time. If you like the show, share it with your friends and family. We'd be grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes. That really helps to boost the show and get this going and get more people listening. So we'd really like it if you could do that for us. On our next episode, we'll be talking about the character of God. We hope you enjoyed the show and it was nice talking to you. Bye. Bye.